Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I'm your host, Khalid Abdallah, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Sulman Huck. What's up, man? How's it going? Yo, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. I see you wearing your Trey Area shirt. Um, (laughs) (laughs) hey man bought it by mistake but still got a rocket right paid money for it who knows who knows he still might be the the quarterback of the future uh anyway had to get that little ding in uh so today's episode is about fantasy football so we're going to be talking about the biggest busts in fantasy football from 2015 to 2020 so we're going to do that based on average draft position and average auction price relative to actual performance so i think it's pretty straightforward so you can see that you know some of the guys probably coming off career years all pro years people spend a bunch of money draft them in the top of the first round second round whatever it is and then they fall flat so we'll go ahead and jump right in so Solman is going to pick one i'll pick one for the year so it's a total of 12 players obviously in the uh, six years that we're talking about here so I'll go ahead and let Salman go first. Who you got for 2015? I went ahead and took here Eddie Lacy. Uh, I think he was being drafted in the top five uh, in snake drafts, going for around like $58, $60 in auction drafts where you have a $200 auction budget. And, you know, it was with good reason, right? He was coming off an uh, 1,100 rushing yard season, had nine touchdowns, had 42 receptions, was, you know, had 400 plus yards receiving and four receiving touchdowns. So pretty good year he was coming off of. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, this is it. Eddie Lacy, he's the workhorse back in this Green Bay offense. We love this guy. He's going to he's gonna be one of the best uh, fantasy football running backs of all time. He was going ahead of, like, Jamal Charles, Des Bryant, those type of guys. And and what ended up in it with Eddie Lacy in 2015, he was pretty disappointing. He barely reached 750 yards rushing. Only had five touchdowns, and in that same season, he was demoted to RB2, sat behind James Starks, and that was pretty much the end of Eddie Lacy's career, actually. Like, we didn't hear, we don't hear from Eddie Lacy after this. Was this the year where there was the picture of him in training camp where he looked really overweight? Is that the same year? I can't remember if that, I don't know if this was the same year. I think that was the next year. Okay. Yeah, which I guess makes sense that it would be the end of his career. I mean, I remember he struggled. He came on the scene. I mean, he was amazing at Alabama. He looked like he was going to be a franchise-type running back in Green Bay, obviously. And then he struggled with weight. I think he had some mental health issues, too. So it wasn't like an injuries thing. He just didn't play very well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was his probably inability to, you know, lose that weight, be in in good football condition. A lot of that was, you know— and, then, and, you know, when you struggle with that kind of stuff, then I'm sure some mental health issues come above that as well. But yeah, he uh, he killed many uh, fantasy football teams in 2015, though. <laughs> I'm sure people calling him like Cheeseburger Eddie and making fun of his weight <laughs> and all that. I mean, a lot of athletes struggle with it. So uh, I sympathize. Absolutely. I'm sure it's hard for some guys, harder for some guys than others. Uh, so my pick for 2015 was Andrew Luck. So I know it's, it's a little harder with quarterbacks because they're not taken usually in the top five, top 10, unless you're Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. But he was taken 18th overall, his average draft position. People spent around $38 on him, again, in that $200 budget. That's the last time I'm going to say that. We don't need to keep repeating it. Um, Luck was coming off. Uh, he had an incredible season in 2014. 
He had 4,700 yards, 40 touchdowns, and rushed for four more touchdowns. So just an incredible statistical output. He was quarterback two behind Aaron Rodgers and was 14th in total points. But 2015 came around, and you know people obviously expected more of the same. But I think they had some offensive line issues, and he started getting really beat up. And he ends up playing only seven games due to a lacerated kidney and a partially torn abdominal muscle. So it's a pretty crazy injury. Um, obviously, he finishes the season completely unranked as a quarterback in the overall. And this is probably the first injury that led to him retiring early. I can't imagine this was a uh, a pleasure to deal with, a lacerated kidney and some of the other stuff. But yeah, so he totally flamed out, unfortunately, due to injury. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Andrew Luck, you know, you could count on him until the injuries started, and then the injuries started piling up on the poor guy. And with that horrendous Colts offensive line, and you know, I, I think what he played like nine years in the league, and then he retired, something like that. Maybe less or, than nine. I think nine. I think he maybe came less back. Than that, right? Yeah, maybe less than that. He came back after this year, and then he missed the whole season with a shoulder injury, and then it was a whole thing. That's right. Um, but yeah, yeah, so we'll we'll move on to 2016. Who was your pick for 2016? In 2016, I went with Todd Gurley. He was being drafted here around pick number six, uh, $50 on the auction budget. He was uh, this was his second year in the league. Coming off a great rookie year uh, the year before, 1,100 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Expectations were sky high for Todd Gurley, but you know I think the Rams had one of the worst offensive lines in the league that year. He couldn't live up to this hype in year two, and he barely managed to hit 885 rushing yards, only gives LU six touchdowns. And so, you know, he's being drafted as a top 10 player and as high as like RB3, RB4, and he finishes as RB15. So really disappointing if you took Todd Gurley in 2016 in the first round, whereas he's probably a third round, fourth round uh, pick uh, given his production. Yeah, I think some of that probably had to do with a lack of offensive creativity, right? This was still Jeff Fisher, I think John or Jeff Fossil took over after that, but it's still the Jeff Fisher era, and they were awful. <laughs> I think they were like four and ten or four and twelve, something like that that year. So that was Jared Goff's first year too, I want to say. Uh, even yep, if not, I think that's yeah. right. That's yeah, I think that's Goff's first year. So, yeah, even if not, I mean, yeah, it was Goff's first year. So it makes sense that they would struggle with a rookie quarterback and stuff like that. So he would go on to be first-team All-Pro the next couple of years. So he bounced back and then bounced down again after that with yeah. arthritis <laughs> and all that. But, yeah, so it was yeah. just not really injury, just, uh, you know, lack of performance. So my pick for 2016 was Brandon Marshall. Uh, so in 2015, he was lights out. It was his first season with the Jets. He had 1,500 yards, over 100 catches, 14 touchdowns. Uh, he got his first Pro Bowl nod, and he was second-team All-Pro. And he got to play the whole season with Ryan Fitzpatrick at you know when, when he was still pretty young. And he finishes the year as wide receiver three. The next season, people spend the 13th overall pick usually, so that's you know top of the second round if you're in a 12-teamer. They spend around $39, $40 on him. And he really just comes back to earth in 2016. Um, he is a lot less productive. He has a bit of a quarterback carousel. He gets Geno Smith for a game, Bryce Petty for four or five games, Fitzpatrick for 10, 11 games. Obviously, that's not going to be great. And then he had some sort of locker room controversy or fight with uh, Sheldon Richardson, who's probably not a guy you want to fight. Uh, he ended up playing all you know 15 games. 
and he finished the season with under 800 receiving yards, only three touchdowns, and he went from wide receiver three all the way to wide receiver 52. And this was kind of the beginning of the end for Brandon Marshall. Yikes, yeah, that's a that's a big drop-off there. Yeah. Wide receiver three to wide receiver 52. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. Brent, I, remember. I remember Brandon Marshall, right? Like, he was, like, you, you, when he was on the Broncos, he was just killing it, even on the Dolphins to an extent, and then he gets here to the Jets, and that's the beginning of the end for him. Uh, apparently, that apparently the Jets are where wide receivers go to die sometimes. You know what? That's that's not far off. Unfortunately, I mean, it's not. <laughs> obviously, I mean, we're not like saying anything groundbreaking that the wide receiver is a very dependent position. But if you go from you know a steady quarterback situation to a very unsteady one then it's it's makes sense that you're going to run into some of these productivity issues and stuff like that but i mean i think after that that was basically you know the end of him as a elite receiver so it may have been just him kind of starting to fall off physically he only played till he was 34 and then you know he didn't have anywhere near 700 800 yards after that so i guess it was just like i said the the beginning of the end for him uh we'll move on to 2017 another wide receiver who you got here yeah, I took uh, Jordy Nelson here. He was going as high as eleven here in drafts, um, around you know thirty nine, forty dollars in auction drafts, and so Jordy Nelson coming off a a, a pretty good season, um, but twenty seventeen is where where his struggles start, and it, and again, you know, as we see, once a wide receiver starts to struggle, apparently that's kind of the beginning of the end for them here. Uh, he finishes 2017 with 53 catches, 482 yards, and six touchdowns over 15 games. And, you know, a year ago, he had played 16 games, had 97 passes, uh, 1,200 yards, and 14 touchdowns. So, you know, he got he caught 44 fewer passes, 775 fewer yards, and eight fewer touchdowns that year. A lot of that had to do with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. during, But even in the five games he played with Rodgers, he was on pace for about only 800 receiving yards. So it was clearly the beginning of the end here for Jordy Nelson. And I think, you know, the next year or the two years later, he ends up a, a Raider. It doesn't have great <laughs> years. So it's, it's, it's pretty hard. So he, he's someone you're drafting as a, as someone who could be wide receiver five, top 12 fantasy guy. And he finishes as wide receiver 50 and just behind the likes of guys like Josh Doxson and Will Fuller, who only played 10 games that season. So that's that's the kind of year Jordy Nelson has in 2017. Pretty pretty terrible, and it's uh, pretty close to the end of his career as well there. Yeah, I'd say it's like 60-40, him being old and him not having Rodgers. I mean, we've seen Rodgers can uh, make anybody look like a star, or a lot of guys look like a star, and... Unfortunately, I think he played only, like you said, seven games that year and get a combination like Brett Hundley and I forget who the other guy was. Uh, so it's, yeah, again, it's, really it's bad quarterbacks. Yeah. So again, a <laughs> wide receiver is a very dependent position and without the uh, right quarterback, you're just going to struggle. But like you said, it was actually the following year where he goes to Oakland. He plays 15 games and he barely scratches 800 yards. I know it wasn't a great year for the Raiders in 18. I think they were like four and 12 or something. This was right after they hired John Gruden. They traded with, traded away Khalil Mack and traded away Amari Cooper. So I think he was asked to do a lot more than he probably thought he was going to have to do. And he got a lot more defensive attention um, than, than expected. But yeah, it was definitely the beginning of the end uh, in that 2017 season. For me, I went with a running back. 
So it's Jay Ajayi, who on in 2017 was on the Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles, which of course had something to do with his struggles. He was picked uh, average around 14th, and teams or uh, fantasy owners spent around $37 on him. So that's pretty high for a running back who's not like in the top, you know, two or three. Uh, he was lights out in 2016. It was his first year as a full-time starter after the Dolphins traded away. I want to say it was Lamar Miller. Takes over the job, rushes for almost 1,300 yards, eight touchdowns. He has another 30 catches, which obviously is a big deal in a PPR, half PPR league. 150 yards receiving, you know, not bad. Gets a Pro Bowl nod, and he's running back 11. And you're thinking, all right, the sky's the limit. He's a young guy. It's his third year. He's entering his prime. Instead... He gets traded to the Eagles maybe a month into the season, and he ends up sharing carries with LeGarrette Blunt, which I'm sure was great for him on a personal level uh, because he ends up winning a Super Bowl that year as the, the backup running back in Philly. But he puts up only 800 yards and two touchdowns and ends the season at running back 33. So, again, great for his personal life and his trophy cabinet, but that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. I and it was weird. I think I don't know why Miami Miami just kind of was like, "Hey, we're kind of done with this guy." Like it's like a year later, and they're just like, "We're gonna ship him out." Who? We're done with him. That that was the weirdest thing about it. So that he performed so well for them, and then a year later, they're just kind of like, "Ah, forget this guy." I mean, we already know like running backs are treated like they're disposable in the NFL, and I'm sure Miami at this time, I think they were not doing so well, if I'm remembering correctly. This was the early Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I think Tannehill. You're right. So they were probably like, let's just yeah. get this asset, get an asset for this guy who we don't think is going to be a, a long-term starter. And they ended up being right. I mean, he didn't have much of a career after that Philadelphia Super Bowl. So he won that Super Bowl, but he didn't win anybody any fantasy Super Bowls. I'll tell you that. Uh, so who you got in? He did not. <laughs> who you got in 2018? Yeah, in 2018, I got a uh, Dalvin Cook here. So. He was going around pick 15, around $38, $40 in auction drafts. And so obviously early round two guy, but and was consistently being drafted around RB10, but he finishes uh, 2018 as RB30. Um, pretty disappointing season for him in 2018, which is a shocker given he had really good seasons after this. Uh, I think part of that is injury because he only plays 10 games. He rushes for only 615 yards, two rushing touchdowns, has only 300 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Uh, overall, it's not a good season for him. And so where he was being drafted in the second rounds, you expect a lot more. Obviously, some injury concerns, but he he surprisingly bounces back the next year, puts up, you know, RB, you know, top one of the top RB seasons in fantasy and has a great, great year the next few years. And then again, he declines again. So it's very interesting where you have like these running backs that kind of have one one year of where they're just like not good, and then they just kind of bounce back from that, and and then they put up great seasons, and then then you see the decline again a few years later. Where was the hype coming from? Uh, I mean, I, this was his second year. I think he only had like two hundred yards the year before. Only played like three four games. He's a second round pick. So do you remember where the hype came from coming into twenty eighteen and why I, he was? I, I so think it was drafted. Yeah, I, yeah, I think people were hyping him just because he was. Uh, I think this. Th- is this the year the Vikings get Kirk Cousins, or this is before Kirk yeah, Cousins? Yeah, that was Kirk Cousins' first year was this was twenty uh, first year. Yeah, I think yeah. people, I think people are kind of hyping it up that oh, you know, he's he's clearly the starting running back in Minnesota. They have Kirk Cousins. They have a they, they have you know the top wide receiver, so he's gonna 
he's going to get a chance to kind of shine in this offense. Mm-hmm. This is where that hype was coming from. And I think just being that starting running back and showing some potential. Um, and very, it's very interesting because now the same thing's kind of going on with his brother, James Cook, here in Buffalo. So it's a very interesting parallels. He's a really interesting case in general. I mean, you wouldn't think that a guy like him would be begging for a job, essentially. Uh, but this is obviously the state of the modern NFL running back. And now he gets like a golden opportunity in New York to 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 ball out with Aaron Rodgers and that whole the complement of weapons they have on offense there. So if you're dra- I don't know where you would draft him this year, but I, I think he's he's one of the few guys on the list that's like still active. So I mean, what do you think? It was like yeah, it's crazy. You know crazy. his uh, his potential this year is I mean, he back to being a thousand yard back? Or not back no to way. he just no did way. it last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think he gets that opportunity per se in, in in new york he's gonna definitely be splitting carries with Brees hall i think that's that's the biggest concern right so you don't you don't take this guy on unless like in later rounds like maybe round six or something like that you you try to buy in cheap on dalvin cook and hope he exceeds expectations but definitely no longer the workhorse back mm-hmm. and that's probably the reason why minnesota let him go right because he's no longer a workhorse type of guy and and he's injury prone so yeah, maybe he he starts off hot as they're bringing Brees Hall along a little slowly, and then you know he fades down the end of the season. But yeah, he's a yeah, really interesting I think case. Exactly one of one Absolutely. of the better players uh, recently. Really interesting case. So my pick for 2018 was Rob Gronkowski. So Gronk was coming off an All Pro season in 2017, where he had 70 catches, 1100 yards, eight touchdowns. Clear-cut tight end number one, putting up Travis Kelsey, wide receiver-type numbers. The next year, I think this is pretty clear because he retired the year after that, or his first retirement was the year after that. He barely had 700 yards, three touchdowns, and only 13 games. Uh, Leading up to this offseason, they tried to trade him to Detroit, and he vetoed it. I didn't know he had a no-trade clause, but he vetoed that move. He ends up skipping minicamp. Obviously, his his head and that, all that, his heart's not really in it. They end up winning the Super Bowl anyway because they're the Patriots. That's just what they do. And he played pretty well in a, in a pretty boring, low-scoring Super Bowl, but he was one of the key players, obviously, for the Patriots. But in terms of fantasy, he doesn't live up to his average draft position around 21, which is pretty high for a tight end, and the $31 that folks spent on him. And I, if you remember the season, he was moving – really really slowly and he looked looked like frankenstein (laughs) at this point basically yeah i i definitely remember that i'm like wow this guy doesn't look like he wants to it was either he didn't want to play for the patriots at that time or he was just done with football a lot of injuries you know that i mean gronk is probably one of the most injured tight ends that's ever played the game he's always he's always got something going on so i think maybe it was just both those things he was just kind of done with football too, too many injuries taking its toll on him and then took a year off, came back and got back with his boy Brady and won another Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. So, so it worked out. I mean, he was, he wasn't, worked a, out for uh, wasn't a fantasy star after the 2017 season, but he made the plays when it counted. But yeah, I think it was like a combination of, of what you said, like just being beat up, not wanting to play for the Patriots and dealing with all that, uh, you know, the pressure and all that that came with it. And I'm sure it's hard playing for Bill Belichick. He's a hard ass. So it makes sense, especially for a guy like Gronk. It makes sense for him to want to take a year off. So who you got for 2019? Yeah, 2019, I went uh, David Johnson. He was uh, being drafted here around the eighth overall pick, around $45 here in the auction drafts. 
And so, you know, he was a guy being treated as a top 10 uh, player, probably around RB7, RB8. Uh, and, you know, it was a guy you kind of count on, right? David Johnson, you're like, oh, right, plug, plug this guy in. He's going to give me numbers. But 2019 was unfortunately one of the worst possible fantasy seasons he's he, he could ever have. He rushed for only 345 yards in 13 games and had only two touchdowns. Adds uh, about 370 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. He would finish the season as RB 37. And again, kind of the beginning of the end for another player who I think a year later is out of the league after after the season. So uh, he he struggles this year and then it just downhill from there for David Johnson and we never hear of him again. This was Kyler Murray's first year. Uh, they yep. won, I think, five or six games. So they were a pretty bad team. It makes sense that that he would struggle offensively. Um, and he was not out of the league the next year, but essentially, I mean, he still played another three years after this, technically. Oh, did he play three? Uh, I, I mean, technically, but yeah, yeah, yeah he, he went to the Texans, right? Exactly. He was not the star that he was once upon a time, and he he fell off really fast. And you know, this was the beginning really of fast. that end. He gets traded somehow. He's part of the Andre Hopkins trade uh, for some reason. You know, they fleeced uh, Houston, I think. Uh, and yeah, he's in Houston for two very unmemorable years. He's not really a starter anymore. And then he plays in New Orleans last year for let's see, five games, twelve carries, twenty-four yards. So did he yeah. really? Wow. Okay, I totally don't remember him <laughs> being on New Orleans. I, I remember Texans. Me. I don't remember New Orleans at all. So it was a tough year last year for this. I think they started like they they brought back Mark Ingram. They had Latavius Murray at some point. There was just like a revolving door at running back. So they were bringing in just about anybody. And obviously uh, it did not go well for them. And yeah, he's he's I mean, he's only 31, which I guess is pretty old for running back. But yeah, he, he fell off very, very quickly. Uh, so my pick for 2019 is Juju Smith Schuster. So in 2018, he had an incredible statistical season. He had 111 catches for 1,400 yards and seven touchdowns. He ends the season as wide receiver nine, and he was the 22nd highest overall scorer in fantasy. Uh, he was being picked 13th overall, and team guys spent you know around $50 on him in, in the auction draft. Some of that, I think, was an anomaly because – uh, ben Roethlisberger had like 5,200 yards or something that, that year, 20, uh, in 2018, they were one of the worst, like rushing offenses in the history of the NFL. All they did was throw the ball and, you know, obviously someone's going to benefit from that. And it was him and Antonio Brown, but then the following year, so 2019, the Steelers trade away Antonio Brown, Juju Smith becomes the number one receiver. And it's supposed to be another breakout year, but then they have a bunch of quarterback issues. And Ben Roethlisberger only plays two games. He gets six games of Duck Hodges and eight games of Mason Rudolph. So it's understandable that he would struggle. It's not really his fault. He played the whole season, but he only ended up with around 500 yards and three touchdowns. He kind of bounced back the following year uh, when Beth Ben Roethlisberger came back, but he was pretty washed at this point. And he had an okay season last year with uh, with the Chiefs around 900 yards. And I think that the 2018 season is more the anomaly. I think it's he's not a 110, 1500 yards guy. He's more like a, you know, he might get a ton of catches, but he's more of like a seven to 900 yards uh, uh, 
a, a year guy. He's more of a possession guy. And now he's in New England with Mac Jones. So good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't draft this guy. Uh, I think that's the problem, right? A lot of people are still chasing that tw- you know 2018 season. They're like, oh, he did it. He can do it. He has it. He has it in him. And that's that's where you get trapped, right? Especially in fantasy, when you're just chasing the past, you gotta you gotta kind of look at his current situation and see what he's what's going on with him now. And yeah, I mean, Mac Jones was, uh... is not the situation you want, right? So mm-hmm. he was like another guy that's that's active, obviously, because it's only a couple years ago. But he was like he was a nice plug and play type guy last year. You know, he could have some some games here and there, but you know, he, he's not tearing it up by any means. And I think the expectation was that he would obviously because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, he has, let me see. He has 933 yards and only three touchdowns, I think was the bigger thing. And I think that was yep. the expectation was he's a big body receiver. He's not a deep threat type guy, but you would think that in a chief's offense like that, he would get some red zone touches, but you know, he, again, was just more of a possession guy. Uh, exactly. And, Yep. But yeah, how how I wonder how he feels. He goes from Ben Roethlisberger to Patrick Mahomes to <laughs> Mac Jones. That's a pretty. I mean, he made the choice. He signed there in free agency. So true, true. He I had think a he choice. could have went to Baltimore if I remember correctly. But you know, I guess yeah, it's... he had yeah a lot. He had a few options, but he he for some reason chose the Patriots. Who knows? It's the Patriots' way, man. I don't know. Maybe it's hard to turn him down sometimes. Uh, <laughs> And then let's let's go for our final picks for the 2020 season. So who you got here? Yeah, I got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, he was he was being drafted around pick six, pick seven in the first round here. Uh, Forty dollars there in auction drafts, and it's a pretty un you know unprofounded hype for this guy. He's a rookie uh, with high hopes. You know the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. They drafted him in the first end of the first round. Everyone's like, oh this is the guy, this is the guy the Chiefs were missing, right? This is, he's, he's going to be the high power running back there, right? Um, and, you know, people are widely expecting him to be RB8, RB10. Um, in the 13 games he plays, he gives you 800 yards, four touchdowns. He has almost 300 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. And so he just it ends up being a pretty disappointing season for him. He finishes as RB2022, RB and he never kind of bounces back. Like he never, you never see, you never see him go past that. Actually, yeah, it actually gets worse for him uh, than the next few years down the down the line, and to the point where he's not even a starting running back anymore for the Chiefs. So it's it's a it's a tough go, and and you know it's hard to predict the the hype around these rookie running backs. It's hard to predict how NFL teams are going to treat these running backs, and he's just a prime example of why you should avoid rookie running backs in fantasy drafts uh, unless you're doing dynasty or keeper leagues but don't don't take them high don't take yeah. these guys high i think dalvin cook probably would have been your best dynasty pick after that uh, that bust of a year cuz he he has like 1500 yards <laughs> the next couple of seasons exactly yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He, i he comes to steal. i mean i remember they them drafting him at the end of the first round this was them coming off the super bowl win and it it seemed like, or maybe this was the year they, after they lost to the the, uh, the Patriots, but it was it felt there was some hubris in the pick, right? It's like you know we're the Chiefs, we have everything, and we're going to draft a running back in the first round, you know, which is just teams just don't really do that anymore. I guess it's it's more forgivable at the the end of the first round versus the top. So he looked pretty good in LSU, and then you think about the offense that he was playing in. He's playing with Joe Burrow. He has two superstar receivers justin jefferson jamar chase like up there he's got a pretty good tight end. so he's like he's playing in like a historic offense so obviously he's gonna have a lot of space he's gonna put up numbers but 
doesn't live up to that. And now he's got his job taken by a seventh rounder in Isaiah Pacheco. So it is, yeah, it's hard to predict. And I think the chiefs running back situation in general has been pretty dicey aside from him. It seemed like there was always a different guy starting back. There was like Damien Williams. Is it, uh, you know, Pacheco, is it whatever? And they just, they don't run the ball enough. I think to, to have us like a running back one, because even like Jarek McKinnon was getting it, you know, those, those screen passes and he was putting up points, but it was so hit or miss that you just, exactly. it wasn't reliable yeah. enough. So maybe it's like, yeah. um, they used to say, don't draft chiefs, uh, Patriots running backs, but maybe now it's don't draft, don't draft chiefs running backs, but for yeah, completely just different don't draft reasons. anyone who's a, yeah, just don't draft anyone who's a chief. If their name's not Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, just don't do that. Maybe Justin Ross. Are you going to take a flyer on Justin Ross this year? He's already hurt. Is he? <laughs> he's already he hurt himself already. Maybe Kadarius Tony, but yeah, he's hurt too. So I don't know. Who he's he already, draft. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to look Sky at their Moore, depth maybe chart. Maybe Rashi Rice. Maybe that's it. Like you don't know, and you still don't know what you're going to get out with those guys. So Sky Moore. Yeah, maybe that guy. He looks like a running back, and he's got a running back number. So I I disapprove of uh, of him as yeah, a wide receiver. Yeah, this, this is the. Whenever since they started changing numbers, man, it's been confusing stuff ever for fantasy purposes. You're like, is, like when you're watching it, you're like, oh, is this a running back? Is this a wide receiver? And you're like, oh. <laughs> so, well, now you guys, you've got guys wearing like number zero running around. Yeah, which is fantastic. I think looks, it's fantastic. It looks pretty cool sometimes. You know, I just my beef is depends on the with, player. Depends on the player. Yeah, definitely depends on the player. I I just don't think defensive linemen should be able should be allowed to wear single digits. I think that's that's my yeah, only that, beef. Yeah, that's just weird. That's just weird. Yeah, if offensive you're wearing, lineman and defensive lineman, you got to wear double digits. Yeah, if you're if you're wearing like a two X and above in your jersey, like you got to wear two digits, bro. It's uh, it's, it just does it just looks weird. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to um, wear a number above fifty if you're you're on the line. So my pick for the 2020 season was Michael Thomas, a wide receiver for the Saints. He was special. I put special in all caps in my notes in 2019. He had 150 catches, over 1,700 yards, nine touchdowns. He was offensive player of the year. He was an all-pro, pro bowler, maybe the best receiver in the league that season, statistically and otherwise. He, he, was, he finishes the year, obviously, wide receiver one with those numbers. He finishes seventh overall in, in fantasy points. The next year... Actually, I should say that he was draft. He's he was being drafted around fifth overall, and that's some very special company. It's teams guys were spending around fifty five dollars on him, and the next year he just has a really really strange season in twenty twenty. He uh, gets hurt in week one. He has a high ankle sprain, misses several games, gets suspended because he gets in a fight during practice with uh, C J Gardner Johnson. He comes back in like week nine, kind of he plays. He's okay. He does all right. And then he ends up going on IR for like two weeks, which is very strange again. <laughs> and he comes back in the wild card game. And that was in the wild card game. He scores his first touchdown of the season. So in seven games, he catches, he has 40 catches for 438 yards, which is not bad. If you, you know, divide that up, it's not great, but it's okay. And again, no touchdowns, which was the, the big thing. And it was a weird combination of the injury and also him being kind of a shithead because he got into that fight. And I'm sure it, it causes him a lot of issues. But 
the funny thing is like he it must have been a much worse injury than reported because he missed all of 2021 with the ankle injury and last year 22 he plays just three games and now he's 30 years old he's looking good i mean i'm seeing clips i'm obviously following the saints a little bit closer now because my guy Derek carr is there but i'm seeing highlights in training camp he's making catches i think he played in the last preseason game i I may or may not be mistaken there but he looks healthy now but it was just a incredible fall off for a guy that looked like he was going to be the next great receiver in the nfl yeah 100 percent, man it was it was just shocking to see him miss so many games over the last two seasons uh especially when they're like, oh, it was just a high ankle sprain. And then he misses 2021. He misses most of 2022. So hopefully hopefully he gets back out there and is somewhat productive. But obviously he's never going to be that, you know, top dog wide receiver that he was heading into 2020. Um, but, you know, hopefully we see a nice little bounce back from Michael Thomas here this year. Yeah, it was – it's very weird. Like you said, it wasn't – normally you expect if a guy misses that kind of time, it's an ACL, it's a Achilles, it's a – you know, some kind of broken bone, whatever, but he never had like a serious enough injury for it to be, you know, fully diagnosed in him, you know, so it was just strange. And I remember, especially last year, it seemed like he was going to keep coming back. They kept pushing it, pushing it. I remember stashing him on my IR in a couple leagues, like thinking, oh yeah, this is going to be great. He's going to come back at the end of the season. He's going to do really well. Uh, Obviously does not. And now he's probably wide receiver too with uh with chris Olave there so he gets a little bit of pressure taken off of him maybe he's he's able to find some of that that old form uh but yeah that that's it for our our picks i mean we'd love to hear some of your fantasy stories some guys that you bet the house on some guys that you took first or second overall maybe last year i mean if we were doing it for last year it's probably jonathan taylor who's <laughs> the biggest bust yeah uh, yeah 100 100 and i made the mistake of going all in on him yeah, I, I picked McCaffrey pretty high in a couple of leagues, and I thought that things were going to go bad, and obviously it, it, it worked out because he you know ends up in a better give, situation. Give me a name for this year, Colin. Give me a name for this year. Who, who do you think for will a, be a, a bust, bust this year? Who's go, I mean, yeah. who's top five? We're talking about Justin Jefferson. I don't know who else. There's no really running backs, Jamar right? Chase, Going Jamar yeah. Chase, Travis Kelsey. I mean, Taylor's, go, Taylor's going up there in the top five, six picks. Uh, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's going up there. Christian McCaffrey's going up there. Yeah, CMC. Bijan Robinson, right? He's he's getting top ten buzz. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I think I think that's my pick, Holland. Bijan Robinson. Robinson. I don't think that's my pick for this year. Explain. But we'll see. Why? It's gonna be uh, uh, thirty seconds. I, I just I just don't. Okay, all right, thirty seconds. I I just don't like his situation. Right? He's got Desmond Ritter as his quarterback. That's a pretty poor situation. Uh, the Atlanta line doesn't look great. He's pro- likely in a timeshare with uh, Tyler Algier, uh, Cordero Patterson. So a lot of factors going against him. Talent-wise, yeah, dude, supreme. But if you're you're banking on him this year to give you production, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed. Definitely a dynasty guy, long-term value for sure. But mm-hmm. this year, stay away from him. He's 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 not going to be good. I, I'm. I don't know if I agree not with not, that. not if you're not if you're picking if you're picking him in the top. 10 i i you're gonna get burned sure sure i, I can see that i i think he'll do really well i mean this offense is geared for that obviously he is in that that timeshare like you said with algier and and cordero patterson but he's like a top five pick so or whatever he was so he's gonna get a ton of carries ton of touches these days teams are like we're gonna burn this dude out in the first few seasons while we still have him on his rookie deal 
And I think the, the the Falcons probably run the ball more than anybody else, and they have a more run-focused offense than than most other teams. So I think he'll be good. My pick is going to be Jamar Chase for a potential bust. I think Jamar Joe, Chase. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's more to do with Joe Burrow. He's already hurt. I think he's going to miss a few games. I honestly don't know who their backup quarterback is. Uh, I don't either. We should probably look that up and see if he's somebody decent. Maybe you can look it up while I'm talking here. <laughs> but uh, that's my pick. I mean, Joe Burrow had that weird calf injury. I think it was like he got carted off. You don't usually get carted off for a calf strain. So that that's my main concern. I don't think it has anything to do with his talent. I mean, I think we've talked a few times. You know, there's been a few guys on this list where it wasn't really a talent issue. It was just a quarterback issue. I mean, Juju... Brandon Marshall, Gordon Nelson, whatever. I mean, obviously, Jamar Chase is head and shoulders above all these guys, but I think it's just more about Joe Burrow and the quarterback situation. Yep, and Joe Burrow's backup is apparently Trevor Simeon. So it's not it's great. Good luck to Jamar Chase if Joe Burrow doesn't come back. <laughs> it's not the yep. worst. You know, like it. it's, not a, it's not a rookie. At least he has a veteran guy that has started some games. But, uh, yeah, that's a high-powered offense regardless. You know, he's got a lot of weapons around him, but – yeah, not not ideal. So I think it'll be relative to expectations. Similar, I don't think he's going to be like you know 400 yards or whatever, but I don't think he's going to be worthy of a top five pick. All right, all right, we yeah. shall find out. And we'll do plenty more of these. This is a lot of fun. Uh, I love talking fantasy football. I love. We should do like fantasy gems, guys that you picked up in like week seven that won you Let's Super do Bowl. It. I'm talking like uh, Sam Congato at some point. If you even remember that name, <laughs> uh, wow. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a throwback, right? That's a, that's a real gem. That's a real gem. That's a real gem. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you guys we'll listening. Uh, yeah. Make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on all the major social media platforms. Again, we're on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. TikTok at 4040 Vision Pod. Got our podcast content, plenty of other short form videos and cool what ifs and stuff like that on those uh, those platforms. So thank you guys again. Thanks, Oman. Appreciate you, man.